When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Many Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and it's no secret, I love animals. And I want to cuddle all of them. But sadly, most animals are not available for cuddles, as they're wild animals, or they're that grumpy house cat who keeps rejecting me. Unfortunately, I'll have to stick to giving my dog belly rubs, because as cute as wild animals can be, they certainly don't want to be cuddled by me. And as we'll find out, sometimes a cute little animal turns out to be a serial killer. So today, we're going to be playing a little game. See if you can guess which one of these animals we're about to discuss is more likely to kill you than to cuddle you. We're talking adorable widow sea creatures, terrifying toothy beasts, and birds who look like they come from a Jim Henson nightmare. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, can you trim your hedges with a crocodile? Joining me today to play the world's riskiest game show is comedian, cat lover, Garfield impersonator, Joey Clift. Welcome, Joey. Hey, everybody. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited. I, I I, feel like I might do well in this game, but I also, yeah. I just assume that every animal that looks adorable is probably also not deadly. So I feel like I might die pretty fast. <laughs> the last time I had you on, I think we talked about cats, right? Cats, the... Musical, Cats the Animal. Yeah, Cats the Musical and Cats the Animal. And I right. I still I still think that seeing the Cats movie live is the most fun that I've ever had watching a movie live. So my, t- my taste is off is what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's get right into it. We're going to play a little game on this show where we try to guess which one of these animals is going to want to cuddle you and which one will kill you. And when I say cuddle you, 
none of these animals actually really want to cuddle you because they're wild animals. But, you know, in a situation where it's like you have to choose either to cuddle it, like to cuddle which one of these animals, which one would you pick? And so first up is the catfish versus the gharial crocodile. So I have provided you with pictures of these lovely animals and uh, which one would you like to cuddle and which one are you gonna run away from, Joey? So um, looking at the pictures of these animals, I my immediate uh, gut reaction based on pictures is like, oh, that'd be cute to cuddle a catfish. It's got the word cat in its name. So of course I'm gonna be on board for it. But I think that I'm gonna choose the uh, Ghirardelle, or the, I think I'm gonna choose the Gharial, the Gar- yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna choose the Gharial crocodile because I feel like I might have heard stories of catfish like eating people. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I think that this- That's is actually the- from the show Catfish where a cannibal convinces someone to date her and then she eats them. Oh, uh, was the, like, okay, in this situation was the cannibal a catfish that convinced was it like the cannibal and actual it was a catfish? catfish on the show. Yeah, it was a catfish on the show Catfish, and a, and the catfish catfished a human and then ate the human, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm going to say the Gharial Crocodile just because I think I've heard of catfish eating humans. <laughs> well, I don't think catfish actually eat humans. Now, there is a thing that people will do called catfish noodling where they will stick their arm in a catfish den and the catfish will chomp down on their arm and then they pull the catfish out of the water. Now, this is a very dangerous way to fish because, first of all, catfish will bite you and maybe hurt you that way. Also, it can pull you under and if you get stuck and you are trying to get this catfish and the catfish is pulling you under the water, you can drown. And there is another very important reason not to mess with catfish. So catfish are a group of species of bottom feeding fish found all over the world. And they're called catfish because many of these species, most of them, do have these whiskers on their mouth area. They're called barbels. And those are sensory organs. They're also called catfish because they love laser pointers, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) If you bring a laser pointer under the water, you're going to have a fun time with the catfish. Oh, that'd be fun. Not really. (laughs) So catfish do not have scales. They actually have this smooth mucus covered skin which helps them respirate so they can take in oxygen and do gas exchange through their skin which is pretty interesting and the reason you don't really want to cuddle a catfish is that they possess very powerful weapons they have spines on their fins that can wound you and in some species they deliver a stinging venom In fact, so many species of catfish are venomous that the siluriforms, which is the group of catfish, win the prize for the vertebrate order with the most venomous species. This is how I find out that I didn't win that award. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Sorry, sorry. The Joey Cliffs order does not have the most venomous species. That is true. Nuts. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually... Wait, what was that... Uh, God damn, I was going to do a bit about Joan Rivers, and then I forgot about what Joan Rivers' name was. So 
you know. Well, and she's also dead, so. She's also dead because she was filled with too much venom. She produces <laughs> venom. She's filled with too much <laughs> yeah, yeah. venom. All the, all the people, like, under 30-something listening to this are going to be wondering what the hell is going on. But <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, next next you're going to talk, like, talk about uh, Charlemagne from a first person <laughs> of, like, look, I was telling Charlemagne this joke, and he loved it. <laughs> So the most dangerous species of catfish are the heteroneustes and plotosus. So heteroneustes are a genus of Asian catfish which can hospitalize humans with their powerful stings, which are also extremely painful. So, you know, it's going to be a bad time with these catfish, unfortunately. Have you, have you ever been like stung by anything with venom? You know, I have lived a blessed life where I have actually not been stung by that many animals. And maybe it's because they sense I'm an ally or something, but I have never been stung by a bee. I've only gotten very mild spider bites. I don't think, I don't even think I've ever gotten a jellyfish sting. And I lived next to the beach for like growing up. So yeah, no, I haven't. Um, I think that I, I also... I'm just such an indoor person that I don't think I ever have. The closest I think I've come is when I was two years old, a bee flew into my eye. Oh, no. <laughs> and it didn't sting me. And I remember literally, like, like pointing and, like, like I, I have vivid memories of pointing at this large bee and being like, look, Mom, a bee. And then, like, just, like, <laughs> tracking it with my finger as it flew into my eye and then being like, oh, ah. No. <laughs> So, you know, I can't really say from a first-hand experience what venom feels like, but, like, if it's anything like a bee flying into your eye, it sucks. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It hurts your There's eye a ton. This... It makes you cry like a two-year-old. There's this biologist, and I forgot his name, but he went around the world ranking the painfulness of stings, and guess how he did it? By just stinging himself with a bunch of different animals. Yeah, isn't that what is what is that the, the Kinsey scale or what is that? Like if, no, the Kinsey scale is sexuality. I think. Oh right, I'm dumb. How um, how sexual you feel towards uh, venomous animals? Oh okay, god. Oh then I'm like a twelve out of <laughs> out of one. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, yeah. I, I I've definitely read about that guy. Um, I mean that's why like it's it's a scale of like one to five or something like that. I think that like. Bullet ants and murder hornets are like the far, are like the higher right. end of it. And then I want to say that there's also just like a guy with a YouTube channel now that's just like, watch me get stung by this bug. Oh, really? Is this a real thing, or do you think it just? Uh, no, it 100 is a real thing. Okay. It's like I well, I know what I'm doing after we wrap this up. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll send you a link. Uh, everybody watch it. Everybody listening to this, uh, just Google <laughs> YouTube sting guy. I don't YouTube know. Stingray. I don't know if it's actually what his channel's called, but I don't know. Guy getting stung by something will I come get, up. Guy getting stung by something. That's <laughs> the name of the channel. So the other group of species of catfish that you really, really do not want to mess with are the Plotosus. So Plotosus are a genus of catfish that live in the Indian Ocean in New Guinea and the Western Pacific. They live in fresh, brackish, and marine water, so they're, they're found in a good variety of places, and some species can get as big as four feet long, and their stings are extremely venomous. So one species, the striped eel catfish, has a sting so powerful it can be lethal. They are 
pretty unassuming looking. They're actually kind of cute in my opinion. They're, it's that photo that I showed you. They've got the little whiskers. They've got that silly little catfish mouth. I don't, but, I don't yeah. buy that something that cute could harm me. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, they have these black and white stripes. They're like a little stripy water kitty. Well, a cute little water kitty, but it will kill you if it stings you. And if you're, it, it doesn't always kill you if you're stung by one of these catfish, but if you're lucky enough not to die, they can cause necrosis and that can require amputation. So, you know, that's not great, I don't think. I mean, I think that like, look, if that's the risk I got to take to pet a catfish, then like that's the risk death I got to take. Death or amputation? Death or amputation or cuddling a slimy animal. Right. I will choose cuddle. <laughs> You're willing to put it all on the line for these catfish. Yep. Uh, so in contrast, the gharial crocodile is extremely frightening looking. So it is a crocodile, as is perhaps observable by its name. So crocodiles are a very, very old order of reptiles originating over 80 million years ago. And gharials have been around a little more recently, so they're only 5 million years old, uh, fresh and, and uh, sort of spry 5 million years. And they are found in very small numbers in a handful of Nepal and India's freshwater river systems. They're actually critically endangered, and they used to be found in a much wider range in the northern Indian subcontinent, but now there is just kind of a handful of them left. And these are big, big, big guys. They grow from 8 to 19 feet long, and they weigh up to 2,000 pounds. So, you know, that's... That's chonky. <laughs> I um, looking at the, the the picture you sent me of this crocodile. I wouldn't have guessed that it's so big because it just looks so happy. Like it's like a <laughs> it's like a side view and its mouth is open really wide and it looks like it's yeah. saying hi. Howdy. Yeah. 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 It's and it's kind of cute because it has. Well, okay. I guess my definition of cute is maybe you know, unique, but it has this really long, thin snout with 110 to 112 really sharp teeth. And they, I don't know, it's just kind of funny to me that they have these huge bodies and then these really long, skinny snouts. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of cute. Oh but, yeah. Like there's snouts, you know. there's snouts, it just does look like, it looks kind of like, oh yeah, that, that's a Pixar character. <laughs> but they are actually carnivores and they look kind of, I don't know, they look very prehistoric, maybe even more so than other crocodiles. Like just, it's that weird proportion of these long snouts with all these teeth sticking out and they just look like uh, something from before humans were around. Yeah, I mean, what's, isn't that the story of like crocodiles have uh, evolved the least of, I mean, it's like they're like, a crocodile today and a crocodile 10 million years ago looks like basically the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they haven't evolved all that much. I mean, we know that they have evolved somewhat, especially because, like, you know, you see the gharial crocodile, that's about 5 million years old, and then the older crocodiles are over 80 m million years old. So there's some evolution and different species coming up. But, yeah, they, they haven't really had to change all that much. I mean, I get it. This This crocodile definitely does look... It looks like it looks cute. I don't know. That that crocodile yeah. doesn't have to change a thing. 
<laughs> you don't have to. I, I love it for the way it is. It doesn't have to change yeah. for me. And it is, to make you fall even more in love, they're pretty shy and Aww. sweet. <laughs> So they don't tend to trifle with prey larger than a fish. Those long snouts with all those scary looking teeth are actually just used for fishing. They have sensory cells on the tips of their snouts that can feel vibrations in the water. So they just kind of snap up fish and skewer them in those rows and rows of teeth. Um, do you think that every time it does that, it makes like a gulping sound? Like it swallows <laughs> a fish and then just goes like... <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and it gets cuter. So they actually typically kind of like run away from humans. And those really highly specialized jaws are not used for stalking and hunting and chomping down on bigger prey. And it probably... So when it does attack a human, it can't really do all that much damage. I have seen these claims online where it's like, oh, its jaw strength is really weak. But that's actually not true as far as I can tell from the latest research. Their bite force is the same as any other crocodile its size. It's just that, first of all, it's non-aggressive with humans. It's very shy. It'll shy away from us. And it just doesn't hunt big prey so it doesn't really occur to it to go and bite you necessarily and if it does it usually realizes its mistake and runs away so actually biology professor and crocodile and alligator researcher greg erickson describes the way that crocodile bite force works like this he says quote it is analogous to putting different attachments on a weed eater like a grass cutter, brush cutter, tree trimmer, they all have the same type of engine. There are bigger and smaller engines with higher and lower horsepower, but they have the same attachments. So uh, uh, so I, I have a question. Uh, do you fill them with gasoline? <laughs> do you fill the garials with gasoline? Yeah, do you fill them with gasoline? So they're an engine. Is that like, do I have to, it's, is that how you make them bite? Um... I wouldn't recommend it personally. I don't, I mean, I'm not a mechanic and I'm not a crocodile mechanic, but I don't <laughs> think you should fill them with gasoline. God, I wish, <laughs> I wish that, I wish that, I was about to say, I wish that you were a crocodile mechanic, but then I was like, no, I'm going to be selfish. I wish I was a crocodile mechanic. <laughs> but you know, if you, if you get a gharial and you put some fish around your weeds, it probably will trim the weeds, I guess. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Probably. It's like trying to go for the, you're like holding this massive crocodile and it's like snapping out the fish and maybe it'll get a few weeds in there uh, yeah i buy that i mean it's not like efficient but i feel like i feel like it would work it's not efficient oh there we uh, go yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah so basically the gharials are big enough to have a big bite force and they do it's just they have these little weed trimmer snouts and you know they they probably could do a little bit of damage to a person if they wanted to they just don't want to and i find that really sweet and adorable i feel like weed trimmers are like i don't like a weed trimmer if you got hit by a weed trimmer it wouldn't if it was like the one with the string on it it like it wouldn't kill you it, like it would hurt but like well not if you're not doing it creatively 
Yeah. Wait, what do you mean by that? <laughs> let's, let's unpack that. <laughs> nothing. Nothing, nothing. So the Gariel, they're <laughs> very shy. They, I haven't been able to find a single case of a Gariel killing a human, and there have only been three recorded cases of non-fatal attacks since the 70s, which makes them far less lethal and less dangerous than a catfish, than even dogs and deer. And deer actually kill a lot of people every year just because of car accidents. <laughs> yes, they're the uh, they're the the lemmings of the road. Like basically, instead <laughs> of jumping off cliffs. Now I do have to do for legal purposes defending the honor of the lemmings. Lemmings don't actually follow each other off of cliffs. That is a dirty lie made to slander the lemmings, and they actually don't follow each other off of cliffs. But yeah, deer do seem to love to get into car accidents with people. I think it's an insurance scam. I think the deer are trying to get insurance out of it. I get that. Honestly. Do you uh, do you think that, that that lemming lie has been spread by Big Lemming? Big Lemming. <laughs> yeah, Why just... would it be spread by Big Lemming? It would be like spread by Big Marmot or something. <laughs> yeah, you got a point. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so... With these gharial t- attacks, most of them appear to be the gharial just being confused and thinking that the person is a fish. So, like, if you're out bathing or uh, swimming, they mistake a body part of the human as a fish and they give it a bite. And then they're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize you're a person. And then they run away. And then in the one case since the 1970s where it was, like, a serious attack, it was probably actually... Um, mistaken identity so it was recorded as either being a gharial crocodile or a mugger crocodile and mugger crocodiles share the same waters as the gharials and they're much more aggressive and dangerous to humans so i think it was a mugger crocodile uh to, to be fair the uh the human that that crocodile killed's arms and legs were made of fish so it was really <laughs> asking for it by going in that water well, it but it didn't even kill the person. So even if this is a gharial, there's not even a single case of a, uh, an alleged gharial attack where the person died or even sustained really life-threatening injuries. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like uh, just the dictionary definition of like, oh, yeah, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just in case you haven't fallen in love with the gharial yet, here are some more cute facts. So... Males have a little bulbous protrusion on the tips of their snout called a mud pot. Aww. And they use these as resonance chambers to help them make mating calls. And they also blow bubbles to impress the females. Aww. I hope that those males, I don't know, I love those males' little mud pots. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's like, just such a cute, it's such a cute courtship thing of like, may I blow you a bubble, ma'am? <laughs> when it's also just that they're called mud pots is adorable. <laughs> it is pretty cute. They also let out cries when they're in pain that has been described as sounding like bawling. Aww. So they cry, they're like just these long snouted, shy little bubble blown crybabies. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Thinking about it, I really think I made the right choice, even if catfish don't eat people like yeah i think i made the right choice in wanting to cuddle a gharial yeah yeah i mean don't don't cuddle it just respectfully socially distance say hello to a gharial oh no no no! i'm gonna cuddle a gharial uh-oh uh-oh please don't (laughs) the the creature feature podcast does not endorse cuddling any kind of crocodile including the gharial 
Uh, do not okay. try this at home. Okay, good. Now that uh, now that that's clear, don't listen to her. Do it. It sounds great. <laughs> no. Her, <laughs> no. Her legal, no, this is... her legal disclaimer just makes me want to do it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, I mean, it's going to be, they will be traumatized if you try to cuddle them. They are so shy. Just, you know, be respectful. Be respectful of the Gariel. And they're critically endangered, so I feel like we should really care about them, even if they're kind of scary looking. They are adorable and sweet, and they need our help. Okay, so I'm not going to... Okay, so I, I won't cuddle a Gariel. I will just appreciate... I'll, I'll just smile multiple times throughout the next week whenever I think of the term mud pot. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Why is catfishing called catfishing? You know, the phrase that means someone pretends to be someone online, like pretending to be the king of Norway, but when you meet him, it turns out he's just three dogs in a trench coat? You'd think it's because catfish look cute but can be sinister. Sadly, that's not where the term comes from. The phrase gets its meaning from the 2010 movie Catfish, a eh, kind of documentary about a man forming a relationship with a woman who isn't who she says she is. The term catfish is used by the woman's husband, who talks about how live cod are shipped from Alaska to Asia, but due to being sedentary, their muscles get mushy and they don't taste as good. So to keep them active, fishermen put catfish in their tanks to agitate them and keep them swimming around. Thus, the woman in the story is the quote catfish, keeping others on their toes. But is this true? Well, I have no idea about the veracity of the events in the documentary, but what about whether catfish are used to to keep cod in shape. One of the explanations I've seen is that catfish are cod's quote natural enemy, but that's just not really true. Cod that would be caught near Alaska live in the northern Pacific. They're bottom dwellers living deep in the cold ocean. And while there are catfish who live in the ocean, there aren't that many species in the Pacific Ocean, and those that are typically stick to tropical or temperate waters down near South America, far from the cold waters that the northern Pacific cod inhabits. So they're not natural enemies, nor can I find any record of fishermen actually trying to use this tactic to keep fish fit. That means that the story behind catfishing is itself a catfish. Or wait, it's not, because the story's not true, so catfish doesn't... <laughs> Never mind, forget it. When we return, we're going to talk about another couple of water-dwelling critters. One is a sweetheart, and the other could kill around 30 people in under a minute. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. 
Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Appearances can be deceiving, or sometimes they're not. Sometimes an animal looks sinister with huge teeth and huge claws, and it turns out, yep, it's a grizzly bear, and it'll definitely tear you to pieces. Making snap judgments about what animals are most likely to kill us probably saved a lot of our ancient ancestors' keisters. But now that we have the modern technology of podcasting, let's take a look at some of these animals and see if the science backs up our initial impressions. So, Joey, I think you probably know the answer to this section, but... Who would you rather cuddle? A cute little octopus or one of the biggest sharks in the world? Okay, so I I know that the blue ring octopus is uh, one of the most venomous animals out there. So I probably shouldn't pick the blue ring octopus. But the basking shark is a large shark who's mouth looks like it's out of just a Cthulhu story. I, I could be tricking you. Like, this could be the section where I'm like, they both kill you and eat you dead. Congratulations. You lose. <laughs> I'm going to say that I want to cuddle the... I'm going to say I want to cuddle the basking shark. All right. Well, let's take a look at the basking shark then. So, the basking shark is the second largest shark in the world, second to the whale shark. Oh, he'll be the biggest someday. Don't you worry, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like Finding Dory has kind of given the whale shark some really good press. Uh, You know, because it was that, that character in Finding Dory. What was the whale shark's name? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm uh, um, not sure if I've seen Finding Dory, but I'm sure it's cute. That movie looked cute. There's this, like, nearsighted whale shark, and it's very cute. Aww. But, yeah, they, the whale sharks are also cute and harmless. Um, but Yay. basking sharks look a lot more menacing than a whale shark. Whale sharks kind of, they're cute. They have little spots. They look kind of happy and friendly. But basking sharks have these massive, massive mouths. It has gray skin. It grows to be around 26 feet, which is 8 meters long. And it can reach lengths up to 45 feet and weigh up to 10,000 pounds. And they can live to be around 50 years old. So they really are sort of a, I don't know, just like this, they look like this ancient monster from the depths. When, like, looking at the photo, like, its mouth really looks like... Like, it looks like it's opening its neck into its rib cage, basically. Right. Um, looks like a portal into the netherworld. And, like, although, like, the the basking shark picture that you sent me, like, he does look puffy, like, in a cute way. And mm. then, like, it's like, oh, I, I kind of would like to pet the stuffed animal version of a basking shark. <laughs> but I also am aware that shark skin, it's like, if you pet it the wrong way, can, like, cut you open. Yeah, it's actually, they have uh, denticles, little yeah. uh, protrusions coming out of their skin that are actually quite rough. 
yeah, so yeah, it yeah. feels like sandpapery. But I'm but, but my point stands. I would like to cuddle that <laughs> shark. I will take that risk. <laughs> <laughs> they do look like prehistoric monsters, and because they kind of are prehistoric monsters, they evolved around 400 million years ago. And one of their most notable features, other than just being ginormous, is that they have that huge mouth. They have rows and rows of teeth in the mouth, and they can open the mouths incredibly wide, enough for an adult human to just kind of waltz right into if you wanted to. Just like, do-do-do, here I walk into a shark mouth. But as you may have guessed from the sort of overall redemption arc of this episode, they are harmless to humans. The teeth that are in their mouth are tiny and the it the real business end of this shark are all of the little gill rakers. These are bristles on the inside of its mouth that help them catch plankton because they're just filter feeders. Yay. <laughs> so, okay, so basically I could I could walk into the mouth of a basking shark and not die. Ah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't try it because you could drown if you get stuck in there. You could you could hurt the, the basking shark, but it's probably not going to know what to do with you. It's probably just going to try to get away from you. It's yeah. not, not going to want you in its mouth. I mean, did you ask the basking shark? Did you ask, like, hello, knock on its front mouth part and be like, you know, knock, knock, here I am. And it's just going to be like, uh, no, you're not plankton. Like, please don't. <laughs> Uh, do you think, I mean, do you think a basking shark has a doorbell on its snout? And then I could like <laughs> dong, press ding that and dong. be like, ding dong, ding dong. And then, no solicitors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like if you knocked on the side of a basking shark like it was a door, then it would open up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's like a couch in there. And it's like the other version of Pinocchio where instead of getting eaten up by a, a big old mean whale they were eaten by this super chill basking shark and it's like hey we actually kind of like it in here <laughs> yeah i feel like <laughs> if you if, if a basking shark's mouth is big enough to walk into like i feel like a basking shark's mouth is probably bigger than most of our apartments we should live inside <laughs> basking sharks <laughs> exactly it's good rent rent controlled basking sharks yeah So they feed by moving forward with their giant mouth agape and they suck in massive amounts of water and that water flows through their mouth over their gills and the plankton gets stuck on their gill raker bristles. So when you look at that open mouth, you see all those white bands and those are areas where the gill attaches to the shark and then on those sort of like white bony structures are these raker bristles and then it's just you know the the plankton and other small marine life gets stuck in there and it's got a nice snack um i'm curious about like how much how many pounds of plankton does a basking shark have to eat to like survive because like you know plankton's fairly small and basking sharks are gigantic are they sucking in like a ton of plankton per day like what i don't know I mean, I'm not sure how much plankton itself they suck in. They do suck in 1,800 metric tons of water every hour. So that's like, what is that? It's like four that's million like, pounds. Yeah, that's like that's like four big gulps. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. So yeah, it's a lot. But they also have the smallest brain-to-body ratio of any shark. 
So we do know that brain size is not always an accurate predictor of intelligence, but it's also true that these basking sharks really don't need all that much brain because they are very, they're very chill dudes. They have a very passive lifestyle. They don't have to, they don't really have predators to speak of. They, you know, just swim through the ocean lazily slurping up plankton. They are the very picture of chillness in the ocean. Ah, so it's a big old dummy is what you're saying. <laughs> so big old dum-dum. Oh, yeah. so it's like, it's like if a, if a shark was Garfield, it's that. <laughs> These are the Gar... You're totally right. These are Aww, Garfield sharks. I love this shark. I hate Mondays. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cram so much lasagna down the shark's throat. Well, uh, <laughs> if it's lasagna, but it's made out of krill and plankton, I'm sure it would appreciate I that. I do that. What do you think the shark's <laughs> opinions on Mondays are? I don't think it likes it. I don't think it's fond of the Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. And then, like, uh, ner Nermal's just like a puffer fish. Ah, man. <laughs> Let's, okay, uh, like, million dollar idea. Let's make Shark Field. Shark Field. <laughs> He's always trying to trying to mail Nermal the puffer fish to, to Atlantis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they are. They're so relaxed. They're not aggressive at all. They often bask near the surface of the water, so thus their name, uh, filter feeding and enjoying the warmth. But they're so incredibly chill that they don't try to avoid boats. And so these poor guys often get injured by boats because they're just like too chillaxed to like run away from a boat. And they're like, oh, that looks like a new friend. And then they get bonked on the head. And it's sad. Oh, that bumps you know. me out. I know, I know, but they're su they're such big sweeties. We got it. We gotta protect them. Gotta be careful. Have good boat etiquette around these these just big old fun gar garf sharks. So uh, I'm gonna ask a shipping question. Who what, who would you friendship ship? A basking shark and a catfish, or a basking shark and a gharial crocodile? I would definitely be the basking shark and the gharial. I think. Yeah, sure. like right. they're like one is like really chill and it's not that it's like super shy like the basking shark is not shy it's just like laid back but then the gharial is really shy so it's like I think a laid back uh, shark and like a really shy crocodile would get along pretty well. She's like, it's okay, little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that Captain Hooky's such a jerk. Yay. <laughs> 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 they would not be found in the same environment, but you know, just as a thought experiment, they would definitely be buddy up, I think. Yay. I agree. <laughs> Have a buddy comedy. <laughs> I watch that buddy comedy. <laughs> me too, me too. So now let's talk about one of the smallest octopuses in the world who is a lovely little cutie. I love this octopus and it'll wreck you. It'll totally destroy you. So there is a group of small octopus species called the blue ringed octopuses. And Joey, I know you know about these guys and also are and appreciate these blue ringed octopuses. Yeah. Um, something that I love about blue ringed octopuses is that like, they look the most like a squeaky toy. Like it's just this bright <laughs> octopus right. that's like, I think they're around like 10 centimeters uh, in length um, in a lot of cases, including arm length. Yeah. They're like five to eight inches, yeah, so yeah. 12 to 20 centimeters. They're like, very teeny weeny. They could fit in the palm of your hand. 
Yeah. And like they just look, I don't know, they're like they're covered in blue, colored in like spots that are blue and yellow. And like it's yeah. just, they look so cuddly, but they're one of the most venomous animals in the entire <laughs> animal kingdom. Yes. Yes, they look like they come from Candyland and they're here to be your friend, but they are most assuredly not. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of fitting into your palm, I see, I've seen so many pictures of people like holding these in their palm and it makes me shudder and cringe every time I see it. It's you, re, you do not want to touch them, which you will find out why very soon. So <laughs> the blue ringed octopuses are found in the Indian and Pacific Oceans near Australia and Japan. And like many other octopus species, they eat small prey like crustaceans, shrimp and other small marine animals. And as their name suggests, they are covered in beautiful, bright blue rings. If you, if you haven't seen a picture of a blue ring octopus, just Google it. They, they genuinely beautiful. look really cool. They are very cool looking. And they can actually change their color like a lot of other cephalopods and octopuses. So the rest of their skin is often a kind of mottled brown and tan, which helps them blend into their environment. And the blue rings aren't as noticeable. But if you provoke them, they will turn a brilliant yellow and their bright blue rings flash a warning at you. So they are able to do this like other octopuses using chromatophores, which are color changing cells in their skin. And that allows them to turn from that sort of camouflage modeled color to a bright yellow. And then to actually make those blue rings flash, they don't use chromatophores, they use muscle contractions to create this like rapid flashing of these rings. And it's beautiful to look at. And it might be the last thing you see, honestly. Um, do you want me to spill some uh, blue ring octopus expert tea? Yeah, do it. Okay, so um, a couple of years ago, I was working on a National Geographic show and we were doing um, a segment on blue ring octopuses. I was emailing with a blue ring octopus expert whose name escapes me at the moment, but she was she was really great. And um, after doing an interview with her about the blue ring octopus, basically like sent me an all caps email that was just like, please don't tell people that their venom is located in the chromatophores. And I was and like, at no point do I think that I referenced that to her as a thing that I was going to bring up. I think it's something that she it just felt like, oh, this is what this researcher is personally very frustrated by. So, uh, oh, I see. I see. So there, there, people think that the venom is in the chromatophores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the venom is like is yeah created by the chromatophores, or like the venom. No, the yeah. Are connected. And just, yeah, it's like I got like an all caps of just like please, for the love of God, don't <laughs> tell people that. And I was like, I wasn't. Uh, it's a dangerous rumor that everyone's talking uh, about. Everybody's that the venom talking is about. Created and by the... <laughs> it makes me very mad. <laughs> it's trending on Twitter every day. Yeah, yeah, just like funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess yeah. what I actually. So I'm going to be a real sneaky one and say that they are caused by the chromatophore. <laughs> no, that, no, they're not. They're not. So it's funny because they're not super aggressive. But if you if they think that you're about to eat them, they will kill you with the most venomous bite that you can get in the ocean. So they are the world's most venomous marine animal. They are brimming with neurotoxic tetrodotoxin, which they will release into you by biting you with their cute little beak and they have enough venom in their little itty bitty bodies to kill around 30 adult humans yeah so <laughs> since we're under quarantine that's more people that i've had in-person interactions with in five <laughs> months <laughs> uh Same. which is actually i'm not that cool that's honestly probably how it would have been even without quarantine <laughs> 
Um, and same. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing that's really interesting about Blue Ring Octopus Venom is um, one of the ways that they hunt, their venom is so potent, is they'll basically just drip their saliva out of their mouths into the water around them. Mm. And then fish will swim through the saliva and then get instantly paralyzed. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, this is easy. And they'll eat well, them. don't mind if I do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I guess if this fish is paralyzed in front of me, I guess I got to <laughs> eat it. Might as well. <laughs> So, yeah, and but if it bites you, it can kill you within just a few minutes. And it kills, there's a few things that happens when you get that venom in your body, and they're all bad. So you can get heart failure, respiratory arrest, and total paralysis of your body. And if you're not treated, you will most likely die, usually from suffocation, because your diaphragm is paralyzed and you can't breathe. Yikes. So you need... Your di- the contraction of your diaphragm to be able to have your lungs function. And if that's not working, you can't breathe and you will die. So tetrodotoxin, that neurotoxin that they are love to just like ooze out, uh, works by blocking the sodium channels that neurons need to function, which prevents your brain from sending signals to the rest of your body and your basically your nervous system from working. And um, yeah. It's so, bad. Uh, how many people do you think's last words were, Hey, Ma, check out this front the octopus. <laughs> oh, you know, probably several. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll mess you up. Yeah. And there's no anti-venom. So to survive, you have to have some form of artificial respiration until the toxin works its way out of your body. So if you're put on a ventilator or, you know, given CPR and, uh, you know, basically you have to somehow have someone else, a medical professional, preferably giving you oxygen until you can work that out of your body. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's not a good time. You do not want that to happen to you. Do not pick them up. I, I've seen pictures of these in people's hands, and they're like bright yellow and bright blue spots, which means it's pissed, and it's like about to bite you. And it's just, uh, it's like watching videos of people like standing up on those big satellite towers or something it's just every part of my body is clenching in total anxiety i feel like there are a lot of youtube videos of people like feeding bears out of their cars no <laughs> it's just like it's just like don't. oh god <laughs> like it's just like wait is this and this is yeah. some ns like am i watching this on youtube or live leaks because if it's youtube <laughs> i'm probably fine if it's live leaks then i'm about to watch a murder <laughs> a bear murder so what you're telling me about the blue ring octopus is that if I were to start a YouTube channel where I was getting stung by venomous animals and telling you how uh, it felt, I should not start with the blue ring octopus. Yeah, yeah, that's you shouldn't start or, or end with it. Although if you do end with it, that would yeah, it would basically if you incorporate that into your weird show where you try to mutilate yourself with animals, that will be the end of your show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, but. What it? I was about to say. I was about to say something, something to the effect of like, or or would it? And then I was like, oh yeah, no, I would want. Yeah, no, it totally would. I weigh 130 pounds. I would not survive (laughs) that thing. But in terms of nitpicking over where the tetrodotoxin is located, like you were talking about, where that researcher was saying it's not in the chromatophores. Yeah, stop telling people that. (laughs) So it's actually most of its body is full of tetrodotoxin. 
It's found in almost every organ in its body, and it is created in the salivary glands. And it is actually produced by a symbiotic bacteria that lives in those salivary glands, and it helps them produce that toxin. And actually, mother blue-ringed octopuses will inject their eggs full of this uh, tetrodotoxin to help... Because they hate their babies. Because (laughs) they hate their babies. No, it helps them produce their own tetrodotoxin. So it's like they're giving them the bacteria and the recipe to create their own deadly, deadly toxin. I love recipes from mom, you know? Oh, I wish my mom pumped me full of tetrodotoxin (laughs) before I was born. (laughs) Mom, I love your cookie recipes. Could you give me something deadlier? Yeah, yeah. If If I had deadly venom, man, how would my life be different? Uh, flashback, flashback, flashback. Uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and it's it's immune to its own venom, which I guess is good because it otherwise would die. One thing I want to add for the blue ring octopus is if you if you're like hearing all this information about the blue ring octopus and you're thinking like, wow, blue ring octopus seems real full of himself, deadliest venom, blah blah blah. They actually are uh, hunted by like mantis shrimp. And uh, if you go online, you can find a lot of videos of, like, mantis shrimp just using their fists to beat the shit out of blue-ring octopuses. <laughs> really taking them down a peg. And it's it's the most, like, real-life Pokemon, but in a way that's not, that's weirdly not, like, disturbing. It's just like, oh, yeah, this blue-ring octopus is just, or this mantis shrimp is just pummeling this blue-ring octopus. <laughs> I don't know. I have a soft spot for octopuses, even ones that want to kill me, so... I think I would be sad to th- see it just getting punched repeatedly. <laughs> Do you think the blurring octopus wants to kill you? Or no. Is- no, they don't. They actually, they kind of go out of the way not to kill you. So they will, that's why they flash that warning at you. They're actually pretty shy. They don't like chase you and try to bite you. It's like if you pester it enough, it will eventually bite you because it thinks that you're about to kill it. But yeah, that that uh, coloration is actually uh, aposematism. So it's saying like, hey, I'm actually super deadly. You don't want to mess with me. Look at me. I'm like yellow and covered in pretty blue dots. And then, you know, it's like, hey, Martha, look at this cool octopus. It's so pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Underestim- uh, Humans, we don't... we. We don't understand what you're telling us animals. When you're pretty and bright, we want to suck on you like a lollipop. Yeah, I really want to know, like, how many famous last words of people were, hey, check this thing out. I mean, it's funny that you would say that. There are, like, I, I remember reading about this thing in one of my biology classes where it was this guy who picked up a couple of cone snails and those are also they have very deadly harpoons that they can shoot at you with a neurotoxin and and he like picked it up and held it up and he was like like said something along those lines of like hey check this out and then it like shot him in his neck and yeah (laughs) that was it yeah yeah it's uh don't if you don't recognize it and it's a wild animal don't pick it up Actually, unless it looks like a a cat, then go nuts (laughs) because it's probably friendly. Right. Just have you learned nothing from our catfish section? (laughs) Uh, I mean, look, everything that I listen to uh, went in one ear. And then in my mind, I just remembered the cat part. And then all the information just shot out of my You've been too busy building the Garfield shark world to really retain any of this information. We already established it's called Sharkfield. (laughs) Sorry, Sharkfield. All right. (laughs)
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. How come it's mostly non-mammals like invertebrates, fish, and reptiles who get all the cool, deadly venom? Mammals can have venom, such as the slow loris, platypus, and solenodon, a cute little shrew-like animal with a poisonous bite, but most of us mammals are stuck with our fur, hair, and milk. Well, evolution doesn't really care about what we think would be cool. All that matters is whether you live to pass on your genes. And it turns out mammals have other more effective tools for doing that. Sharp claws, teeth, and in primate, hands, and a brain, which means we can defend ourselves and kill things even quicker than most venom works. While it's true that the blue ring octopus can kill things in under a minute, most venom takes a while to kick in, whereas teeth and claws can typically take something down much faster, so we don't really need venom to get the job done. Whereas an itty bitty squishy octopus has very few other weapons at its disposal, so it needs something to keep other fish and marine animals from treating it like a living koosh ball. When we return, we're getting out of the water, crawling up on land to talk about a couple of very intimidating birdies. So, birds. They're adorable, little feathery puffballs who chirp and cheep and steal Doritos. But once in a while, there are bird species that remind us that they're actually living dinosaurs. So we're going to meet two big birds and find out if they want to teach us about letters or, you know, kill us. Joey, you know I like birds, right? Uh, yes, I'm well aware that you are uh, the preeminent bird mer- meme creator on the internet. That's right, that's right. The bird memes, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna go on my tombstone, like, created the bird memes, coined the word burb. Every time I see the word burb on the internet, like, I do think, like, Katie Golden created that. Aw, thank you. I think it's true, too. I, I, like, did a little digging, and I think 
one of my stupid bird tweets was the first to use that term. There could have been like parallel creation, you know, like parallel invention, someone else at the same time. But, you know, I like to credit myself because it makes me feel good and powerful. So <laughs> powerful. Uh, yes, you you control the burb empire. <laughs> I am in charge of bird memes and soon the world. So <laughs> I want to talk about two birds who look, I think they both look equally goofy and terrifying. And so you're going to have to pick which one you want to just like chill out with and which one you're going to try to avoid. So we have the cassowary and the shoebill stork. And I have provided pictures of these guys to you. And the cassowary is a flightless bird who looks like a mop with a turkey head. <laughs> and the shoebill stork is a huge stork-like bird who has a massive beak and looks like the world's most terrifying bird muppet. I'm going to say shoebill stork is the animal that I would cuddle. One, because it just like looks, it just like looks like a muppet. <laughs> and then um, two, if I remember correctly, cassowaries like, kill people by cutting them <laughs> i also thought that catfish ate people so i don't know what do i know <laughs> yeah so you have chosen correctly i think you're you're three for three, three right for three, yeah you congratulations you have survived the animal gauntlet so yes cassowaries you don't really want to mess with and I will tell you exactly why. So cassowaries are a group of birds similar to the emu, but smaller, and, and they are actually related to the emu. They are found in Australia, Indonesia, the Maluku Islands, and Papua New Guinea. They grow up to 5 to 6 feet tall, so that's 1.5 to 2 meters. And they have these bright blue heads, a pink wattle or an orange neck, and they basically, it looks like a weird turkey head, and the females are larger and more brightly colored than the males. So, yes, yay, feminism. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Slay, literally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they have a hard keratin cask on top of their head. So a cask in birds, is it's like this sort of like keratin structure, and it looks like a shark fin on top of their heads, and it's speculated that it is used as like a resonance chamber for their call. And they can run up to 30 miles an hour. They can jump up to five feet, and they're good swimmers, so you cannot escape these these um, uh, terrible yeah. beasts. It says a lot about how I view the world that when you said that, I looked up at the cassowary picture and then thought, my initial thought when seeing it was like, why is that bird wearing that silly hat? And then <laughs> I did not stop to at all analyze the thought of just assuming that a bird was wearing a silly hat was weird. And I was just like, well, carrying on. <laughs> I think it pulls it off, honestly. I yeah. think it, it works. It, yeah. Yeah, it's a good hat. <laughs> but they, so they mostly eat fruit and they are omnivores, so they'll eat invertebrates and small vertebrates. They don't hunt people, but they can absolutely kill you if they want to, <laughs> if they feel like it. So they, like you said, they can cut people because they have an enormous dagger on each of their feet. It's like they have switchblades attached to their toes. So their inner toe has a five-inch long sharp claw 
that can mess you right up and they are attached to these incredibly powerful legs so they can kick you they can stomp on you while stabbing you i mean i would 100 percent watch a horror movie where the slasher movie villain is a cassowary i mean if you think about like how jurassic park should have looked where all the dinosaurs had feathers that's essentially it right yeah. like it's, it's, if those raptors had feathers, you well, yeah, know? You, you look at that, and yeah, like it was one hundred percent like that's just a feathered velociraptor, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and they. So you would think that they're probably just going around murdering everyone, and I think that the tales of their deadliness are a little bit overblown. So they don't hunt people, they don't go around killing everyone, but they are one of the only birds to have been definitely documented killing humans. So the other birds where there's like actual documentation of them killing people are maybe emus and chickens. To be fair about the chicken case is that the chicken had a knife attached to its foot because it was in an illegal cockfight and it killed its owner, I think. So in that case, the chicken was armed. Yeah, and also like, I don't know, big ups to that chicken. <laughs> like, fight the power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't say I, uh, you know, I, I think the chicken was in the right in this yeah. case. Yeah, that, chicken, Cock that chicken. are terrible. Yeah. yeah, that chicken's cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the chicken revolution. Yeah, I'm just going to believe that that's, that's basically chicken Che Guevara. Like, like yeah, that chicken yeah. used its knife to, like, to, like, <laughs> slay its captor and then now they, they live on a chicken island and they're all super happy planet of the chickens yeah I just buy like that. A, a chicken abraham lincoln yeah a, like so, abraham chicklin i don't know you get it oh you, get the, you get the uh, pun i was trying to make <laughs> um abraham lincoln yeah no yeah. no no it's all right let's Ch- we'll Chick- move on it's Ch- fine chicklahab lincoln but in this lincoln no it's not yeah, it's not, it's, we've got to move on. We've got to move on. If the no, chickens no, don't we, kill no. us, this bit will. <laughs> no, we must. We must persevere, like the mighty uh, animals that we've talked to before. This, the persevere. <laughs> so, despite actually being capable of killing us, there have actually only been two recorded cases of a cassowary killing a person since 1929, but they will mess you up if you tangle with them. So most of the time, even if they don't kill you, they will give you puncture wounds, broken bones, and lacerations. And uh, they usually attack in self-defense. But the other reason that they can be so aggressive is because humans feed them and they become like like bears if you feed bears they will start to become very assertive and very aggressive because they want the food that you give them uh, honestly that makes me like cassowaries a little bit more because it's like a cat <laughs> when it's like when it's like yeah. six in the morning and like the cat's just like i want breakfast <laughs> so. if you give a cassowary a cookie it will stab you with its knife feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... The children's book. Yeah. Don't you know I'm a children's author now? Yeah, if you give a cassowary a cookie, it will stab you with its knife hook. Yeah. Knife feet, yeah. Knife yeah, feet. Yeah, my new book. <laughs> yeah, I'd read that book. You should write let that me book. Know, let me know in the comments if you want me to write that book. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, actually will attack cars because they associate them with food, which is a bold move, I think. Uh, and they will attack dogs unprovoked because often wild dogs are predators, 
But yeah, if you bring your dog on a walk around where these cassowaries live, it can, you know, kill your dog. So don't do that. And don't feed them. And just leave them alone. So uh, them attacking cars because they associate them with food makes a lot of sense. But I want to believe that the reason that they attack cars is they want to avenge their fallen deer brothers. (laughs) (laughs) This is for you, deer. Yeah, this is for you, deer. (laughs) Or it's another insurance scam. Yeah. All these animals out for our insurance monies. I get that. (laughs) So now let's talk about the shoe bill stork. So... Shoe bills look like terrifying, gray, feathery, dinosaur-like storks with huge boat-shaped bills. They're called shoe bill. Like, the descriptions are like their bills are shaped like shoes. I don't know what kind of shoes people are wearing. I guess these kind of look like wooden clogs, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say, but... they look like clogs. They look, they look like, I mean, honestly, they look not dissimilar to a lot of, like, Kanye West's shoe designs. <laughs> A Yeezy. Yeah, they, they look they look a lot like Yeezys, so it's like the Yeezy Bill Short. Yeah, stork. the I Yeezy mean, Bill Stork. I mean, if they changed this name to the Yeezy Bill Stork, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> These Yeezy Bills. Yeah, so they actually uh, are not storks. They are more closely related to pelicans, and they grow up to five feet tall with a seven to eight foot wingspan, and they can totally fly. And they live in the swamps in eastern tropical Africa. So, yeah, they are very intimidating looking birds. But at the same time, they kind of look like a huge Muppet, which is like, it's like scary and cute. And you're, it's very confusing. And they have these like, their eyes somehow have this expression of just like fierceness. It's hard to explain. It doesn't look... It doesn't look scary like it's going to attack you. It looks intimidating, like it's super wise. And if you don't answer its riddle correctly, you will just like disintegrate. Uh, What what do you think uh, its riddle is? And do you think it's about fish? (laughs) Where should you charge me? Put it on my bill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good that's a good riddle. Actually, like I'm looking at more pictures of them and they look. They they look very much like a human wearing a bird costume. Yeah, yeah, it's that un- it's a little uncanny, right? It's an uncanny. That's kind of why they look like a big muppet, like a big bird, like the first draft of big bird that's like oddly terrifying or something. It looks like they're like their legs look very bird like. Their upper body, it's like you can almost see pectoral muscles and it looks like they have, <laughs> they have it looks like they have shoulders. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which they, you know, it's just the wings, but yeah, it looks doesn't it, it looks off it looks a little uncanny although um i'm just scrolling through google images um i found a picture of one uh opening its mouth and it's the cutest damn thing <laughs> like it definitely looks like it's saying like hey guys what are you doing well the way it says hey guys what are you doing is making machine gun noises with their mouth so what is that that's insane is that edited in any way <laughs> no 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 So it's called bill clattering, and it is a greeting to communicate with each other. It can be used like as a mating call to woo mates to alert other birds that this is their territory. And it can be used by nestlings as well to communicate with adults and vice versa. So basically like their, hi, honey, I'm home, is just machine gun noises that they make by clattering their bills um do you remember uh paper planes by mia 
Yeah, all I want to do is bing, bing, yeah, bing, yeah. bing, bing, I, and eat lots of fish. I really want to hear the Shoebill Stork edit of uh, <laughs> Paper Planes by MIA. Yeah, the Shoebill Stork cover of MIA, yeah. Yeah, yeah all I want to like do is a... <laughs> and eat your salmon. There's a um, there's an all-animal cover of Drowning Pool, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. It's very good. Oh, uh, that's Have very Have you seen fun. that? I'll, I... I'll, sh- I'll show it to you after the show. Yay. It's very good. But so they do hunt, but they hunt fish, baby crocodiles, eels, and monitor lizards. So they're not joking around when it comes to hunting in the swamp. Uh, and their way of hunting is actually kind of creepy. So they will stand perfectly still waiting to ambush their prey. And it, it's almost, they're kind of like the, you know, like the Doctor Who weeping angels because they're like, they're gray and they stand really still and they do literally look like a, a concrete or marble statue just like sitting in the swamp. That, that's something that I'm noticing even just scrolling through photos of them is like, they really do look like statuesque. Like they look, yes. they look like not like real creatures. And yeah, I would 100% walk past this thing and think, oh, what a weird statue. And then right. uh, hear a machine gun sound as it guns <laughs> me down. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, and for these the fish and little reptiles that they eat and even baby crocodiles, they will wait around and when they see their prey, they will jump out of statue mode, lunge at them and open those huge beaks that look like these like weird boats and engulf their prey and basically anything within you know, about a foot radius of their prey. So like they'll get a bunch of water and mud and vegetation and everything in that beak. And then they start to use their beak as like a big colander and they shake their head back and forth, draining everything out of their beak that isn't their live prey. And then they decapitate the prey with the edges of their sharp beak. Jesus. (laughs) Wow, this this, this big bird uh, first cut uh, got real dark. Jim Henson was, yeah, he was he, he got pretty dark with yeah. those early versions of yeah. Sesame Street. Yeah, Jim Henson was going through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they are like a horror villain for all of the small critters living in the swamp. But around humans, they're really harmless and somewhat tolerant of us. And they are totally docile. They're non-aggressive. And they're actually a favorite among bird watchers for how easygoing they are around observers and like the most intimidating thing they'll do is like get into a staring contest with you and just like stare at you and it's i feel like i would i would poop myself if this giant weird statue bird was just staring at me but yeah they don't they don't typically attack humans they just like they're like nah, you get the idea like you're not gonna mess with me i know we've done a little bit of friendship shipping before this but do you think a shoebill, a shoebill stork and a gharial crocodile would get along? Because they're both shy. I don't know, because, like, the shoebill does eat baby crocodiles, so I feel like that would be a point against it. Like, I mean, I want to get along with you, dude, but, like, you ate my babies, and that's kind of not chill, you know? Yeah, I get that. So, basically, that uh, that's, a, that's a, a buddy movie where they learn to trust each other. Got it. <laughs> I do feel like the the shoebill and the basking shark would get along because it's like, hey, you got a big mouth, I got a big mouth. Hey, look at our big mouths. Um, I want to see the uh, the 
Tom and Jerry relaunch that's just a shoebill stork and a garial crocodile. <laughs> I'd watch that. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, but it wouldn't be really, yeah, I guess like a baby, so a baby gharial and a shoebill stork, because then that, that would be sort of the predator-prey thing, but then like the baby grows up to be really big, and then it's like, uh-oh, but then he's just a shy, shy guy. There's There was that like Disney movie similar to that, what was it called? It was uh, Lambert the Sheepish Lion, and it's like this little right. baby lion gets adopted by a sheep, it grows up to be big, and then like kills a wolf or something and everybody loves him but he's like you know very sheepish um oh yeah i uh vaguely remember that movie yeah uh more disney lies about the behaviors of animals yeah i feel like you know i mean that's the thing about the lion king is like none of those animals would actually be able to be friends nor can they <laughs> sing <laughs> I mean, it, lions do occasionally, like, adopt uh, prey animals, but then they often end up eating them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so Cats it's like maybe they would tolerate Zazu for a while and then just like, you know, I'm just going to eat you today. It's, just, it's Today's the day. You've uh, been in my ear about our infrastructure budget for, like, way too long, and I am uh, going to eat you. But that's like, that's one of the things I love about cats is like, you'll be petting them. They'll be like really loving it. And then they're yeah. just, nope, time to bite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, house cats are just little tiny wild cats. If they were big, they would maul us <laughs> every day. Aww. <laughs> cute. Cute. Yes. But, you know, if you, if you, like, I wish, oh man, now I want a domesticated version of like the Garial crocodile, just like a little one, you know, to cuddle. Yeah, that would be, I guess that of these animals, just based on like appearances, let's be very uh, shallow here. Which of these animals would you want to cuddle the most? Okay, again with the disclaimer that you should never cuddle a wild animal, but we're on an imagination journey. I would say, hmm, so we have, now are we including the deadly ones or just the ones that aren't deadly? Uh, I guess that it, we're including all of them, and it's this is a world where you have protections against whatever makes them deadly. I see. Wait, well, uh, I don't know. I, I Actually, I think it would be the shoe bill. Uh, I love this freaking Muppet. It's so good. It's just, it's so goofy, and I, I love the, like, scary goofiness of it. It's, like, aggressively goofy, but it's not aggressive, so that's what's so wonderful about it. For appearances, I would say immediately catfish, because it has the word cat in it, <laughs> but, like, realistically, I feel like the shoebill stork is the one yeah. that I would, like, I don't know, it just yeah. looks like a Muppet. Yeah. I would, like, uh, pat it on the back and say, good job, and then it would make some, yeah. and then it would make a machine gun noise, and I'd be like, classic, oh, you. I feel like we'd go fishing together with a couple of brewskis, and be wearing one of those, like, fishing hats that's got the tackle dangling from it, and, you know, we'd be just, like, sharing a beer, yeah. talking about our lives, you I'd, know, laughing about stuff. I'd use its machine gun sounding beak to rob a <laughs> bank. It would be great. <laughs> a real Bonnie and Clyde situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd yeah, be fun. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Joey, and learning which animals are friends and which ones, well, they're still our friends, but they would kill us <laughs> if we uh, <laughs> were rude yeah, to them. Yeah, we, we didn't say they were good friends. No, no. I mean, we didn't say they were doormat friends. They will assert themselves. <laughs> Got anything to plug? 
Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeyTainment. Um, follow me on Instagram at JoeyClift with like five eyes. And then um, this is uh, some context of a thing I'm about to plug. Um, I, for a long time, have been annoyed at uh, Sufjan Stevens for not finishing his 50 States project. He's a folk musician who was popular in the mid-2000s, and he said he was going to make a full album of music for every single U.S. state, but he gave up after two albums. So this has been sticking in my craw since 2005, so for 15 years. And finally, at the start of quarantine, I decided to finish Sufjan Stevens' 50 States project with the help of the internet, and I did it. Nice. So, uh, Drag can, him. Yes, yeah, so you can go on soundcloud.com slash r50statesproject and listen to 53 albums and two EPs <laughs> for every, an album for every U.S. state, double album for Rhode Island, an album for the moon, because there's a U.S. flag up there, so we got a EPs for Washington, D.C. The moon's a state, right? Yeah, the moon's a state. It'll be a state. Um, an EP for Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. It's 510 songs. <laughs> this took me two months of nonstop work. Uh, so wow. yeah, I don't know. Check it out. Listen, like, <laughs> check out the, Sisyph- the the Sisyphus project I dedicated myself to to get through quarantine. <laughs> that sounds incredible and worrying, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely a cry for help in some ways. Concerning, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Creature Feature Pod. and I will be posting pictures of all of these adorable, scary animals there. And you can find us also on Twitter at CreatureFeetPod. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. And you can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden with my Katie thoughts, not necessarily related to the show at all, just, you know, my Katie opinions. And I am also pro-bird rights, where I, you know, basically make the case that all birds should be respected, whether they're the cassowary and they're trying to kill you, or the shoebill stork and they're staring at you creepily through the window right now. Uh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, you guys. If you're enjoying the show, uh, yeah, just like if you leave a review and a rating, that actually really, really helps out a whole lot. Uh, thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Ex Illumina. Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. To listen to more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio website, iHeartRadio app, or guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. See you next Wednesday. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.